It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show is on campus at Furman University in South Carolina, and we are broadcasting in front of this beautiful live studio audience. Oh, that's good. That is great. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much. We're here to award one of your own uh, fellow students on campus here who has been caught in the act. We at the Adam Rich Show are proud to work with the Caught in the Act Awards to highlight and showcase when a student uh, around the country has uh, done more than their fair share as far as philanthropy, community service, leadership. You've gone above and beyond, and we want to highlight those people whenever we can. We took a vote earlier before everybody got in the room. It was unanimous, and our winner today, let's have a round of applause for T. Griscom. And come on down here, T. Where are you at? Come on down here. All right. You look shocked and surprised. You didn't know you were going to be honored today, did you? I did not. That's the beauty of this award. You don't know that you're going to win it because you're just doing the right things. You are having your own high character and doing what you think is the right thing to do. I heard one of the stories uh, about you and your, I guess, philanthropy is that you work with a local elementary school tutoring. Uh, How does that go? Um, It's great. We go twice a week for about an hour and a half. It's an inner-city Catholic middle school, um, St. Anthony of Padua. Um, A lot of the kids there, um, their families can only afford about $700 to pay for the tuition, even though it's about $8,000 to go to school there. So it's great to give back to the community and get back and involved with a lot of those students. What kind of subjects do you work with them on? Uh, Math, science, a lot of it is just playing. I really get caught playing as mom and dad a lot of times get chased and hit in the head, and they like to play with me. I don't know. It's pretty cool. (laughs) And here on campus at Furman, uh, what do you do here? Are you in a fraternity? I am. I'm a Kappa Alpha, and I'm also the chaplain. Oh, excellent. Okay. And your favorite part of this uh, school? I'll probably just say the community and all my friends. At the end of the day, like, you know, when, you know, I've had a bad test or something like that, it's great to have such a great community that be able to go back to my apartment or go out and have a great time with a lot of my friends. So. Well, congratulations on winning the Caught in the Act Award. Let's have one more round of applause for Mr. T. Griscom. Thank you. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. We have a very special guest now. I'm at Furman College in Greenville, South Carolina, with Luke. Hi, Luke. How are you? I'm doing well, Adam. Thanks so much for having me. You are Luke Christie. That's a cool name. That's like a, that's a kind of fake name that famous people want to have. It's three syllables. It's sharp consonants. Luke Christie. That's a great radio name. Broadcasting live with Luke Christie. Thanks. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Never had anybody tell me that before, but glad that it has that ring to it. Well, you know what? It's a, it's a celebrity name, and you are um, becoming a celebrity. You are the national spokesperson, or is it the national junior spokesperson for the Muscular Dystrophy Association? That's right. I am the national youth chairman for the Muscular Dystrophy Association, and in that role, I have the privilege of representing uh, MDA to 
the country in a way. I work mostly, though, with our young adult groups, our youth sponsors, and those include, but are not necessarily limited to, uh, Kappa Alpha Order Fraternity, uh, DECA, which is a high school and college association of business and marketing students, and the National Beta Club, which is a service-oriented academic honor society for middle and high school students. Uh, and these guys raise money and awareness for MBA throughout the year with chapter fundraisers and uh, events that they organize on their schools and uh, campuses. And so I work with them and provide resources, uh, provide information about MBA, thank them for the work that they're doing, and just try to help out in any way that I can. So. In that way, I am basically just a liaison from MDA to our sponsors because as a nonprofit, we couldn't do anything that we do without the support of uh, those guys. So, and, and as a youth, it's, it's especially cool for me to get to work with people my own age. Uh, I really, really enjoy that. And you're a stu- college student at Furman, uh, 19 years old, you told me. How does uh, being a spokesperson for MDA uh, affect your studies on campus? Is there a lot of travel? Do you, uh, as an ambassador for MDA, are you coast to coast and you get to miss a couple of tests? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the, it does pose its, its own set of challenges. Um, actually, and, and I suppose this makes sense, working with youth groups, are they're very conscious of academic schedules because we're working with with fellow students and so a lot of my travel takes place in the summer uh for example ka's national convention uh, is every other year and it's always in the summer before school starts so don't miss any school for that um deca is usually in the spring and so i sometimes have to shift around my final exam schedule and, and make some make some adjustments but it's definitely worth it and uh, it's just such an amazing opportunity and it's it's like I said, something that I, I really love to do, but it's, it's a balance, and um, and I think it's it's one that I've worked to develop over the years, and and I think if you can do it, then it's it's something you should definitely do. So muscular dystrophy, uh, the uh, disease, uh, you know, for uh, for our listeners, wh- what is it, and how do you uh, how does it affect you? Well, muscular dystrophy is actually an umbrella term that uh, is, it's a category of diseases. We have a total of 43 that are covered um, specifically under that name and by the Muscular Dystrophy Association. They're all neuromuscular diseases. Uh, they're degenerative uh, skeletal muscular diseases, which basically means that uh, somewhere in your nervous system, your neurotransmitting processes, the, the, the signals are not making it to your muscles to develop and then um, to, to, to work properly. So because the, the, there's a spectrum of diseases, they affect people differently. Some people um, have the ability to walk but may trip and fall easily. Um, others don't have that ability to walk and they use um, a wheelchair or, or other type of assistive equipment. Um, my form is a, a genetic form on birth onset. So I've, I've had um, my form of MD since I was born, and um, I, I use a power wheelchair, tool around campus, and go faster than pretty much everybody else, <laughs> all of my friends. Um, you know, so, and, and it's a, like I said, it's a wide range. We've got people who, like, like me, uh, were born with these diseases and have, have faced roughly the same set of challenges their entire lives. And then we have people who there are later onset diseases. So, you may not recognize any symptoms until teenage years, young adulthood, 
or even beyond that, one of our famous, for lack of a better term, diseases that a lot of people know about is uh, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS, or more commonly known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm-hmm. It's the disease that famous baseball player Lou Gehrig died from. And it is a, a, a disease that always hits in adulthood, and it, it literally attacks every muscle in the body so that a very fit and fully functional person um, starts to lose all of their muscular abilities. Some of the sharpest people I know, mentally, they're, they're smart, they're motivated, um, but they lose complete control of their body. Um, and so we always say that, that a person like that is, is trapped inside a body that, that will no longer function for them. So that's sort of an overview. Um, and what MDA does in working with all of those diseases, we focus on three primary areas. Uh, the first is funding for research. And we put billions of dollars. We are the leading nonprofit um, funding research studies all over the country and beyond, even some international studies, um, hoping to isolate what causes all of these diseases, what we can do to reverse the damage done, and then ultimately to cure, to cure these disorders. And so, there, um, you know, it's uh, research that I tell people all the time is obnoxious and obnoxiously and I think unnecessarily expensive, Mm -hmm. but it's not something that we have the ability to change. So we just have to raise whatever it takes to fund, to fund that research as expensive as it is. So that's the first thing we do. The second thing we, we do is we provide services and treatments now. So while we're working on that cure, we have a phenomenal network of clinics with uh, neurologists and nurses who are specially trained to help people maintain their optimal functioning, their, their highest level of functioning every day so that they can live the fullest life right now and today. Um, and that clinic network is, is truly amazing. Uh, and then the last thing that we do, and we do a lot of other things, but these are our three big areas, are um, similar to, to clinics. Another area of programming, and one of my personal favorites, um, is we have a, a network of summer camps that uh, offer one week out of the year of barrier-free fun and excitement for kids ages 6 to 17. Oh, cool. And these camps are often uh, the, the first and, for some, the only taste of independence that uh, our, our kids affected by one or more of these diseases get from their parents. And the way we do that is we have volunteer counselors who are paired one-on-one with every camper. So every camper has a buddy for the week who helps them with all of their personal care needs so that they can spend that week away from mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another way in which a lot of our youth groups help us out. We have a lot of people who got connected through MDA through a service project at school who go on to be camp counselors. And they love that physical aspect of giving back more even than raising the money and, and awareness. Where are those camps? Are they nationwide, different, um, I guess, terrain, different uh, weather, different times of year? Oh, you said in the summer, though. Uh, Where are they? We have about 90 different locations across the nation. Uh, Definitely want to make it local for the campers so that they don't have to travel very far. So anywhere there's a, a local MDA office... There's a, a camp in within a, a certain radius of that office. So we have about 90 of them, uh, and they are all in the summer, beginning as early as first week of June and going as late in 
as to third or fourth week of August. Um, so really that summer season from June till Labor Day, um, we have camps. And they're, the locations vary, you know, they're, my, my camp, and I'm, I'm now too old to be a camper, but my camp is in sort of a traditional campground type setting with cabins and a lodge and, you know, athletic fields and that kind of thing. There's a camp I, I visited, I, I did a, um, a speech at a, a conference in Salt Lake City, and their staff, their MDA staff there was telling me that their camp is an indoor camp at the Hilton downtown. Mm. And so they do sort of, I think some of that's because of the heat and the, the weather um, in Salt Lake City in the summer, but they do, they do everything indoor, and they've got this big indoor pool facilities and other places where, where the kids hang out, and they do it sort of luxury style. Um, so it's, it's different everywhere you go, and that's what makes it neat, too, is it's every camp has its own little yeah. feel, personal feel to it. Nothing wrong with a little luxury. Our guest is Luke Christie. He's the Youth National Chairman of uh, MDA, and you mentioned, you, you just talked about Labor Day and uh, raising money, and for my generation, we grew up with Jerry Lewis in the MDA telethon over Labor Day weekend. Now, you've been on that show. I have, absolutely. I've, I've appeared on what was the Jerry Lewis Telethon a number of times. You've met Jerry Lewis. I have met Jerry Lewis. Jerry is a, he's a great guy. I always tell people that meeting and spending time with Jerry is like being in one of his movies. <laughs> if you've ever seen an old Jerry Lewis movie, because that's his personality. He is that funny and goofy um, in real life, but he also has a real heart for... Um, his kids, Jerry's kids, and, and the MDA cause. He's, he has since retired, and is, um, I actually saw an interview not long ago. Um, he's making uh, a new movie, really? possibly his last, but um, it's, it's, it's exciting, and, and he's doing great things, um, and has retired in his official capacity with us, but will always okay. have a special place. Now, you were telling me earlier that uh, you're actually on, I guess, the board to try to decide how to make the new MDA telethon, post-Jerry Lewis, uh, how, how to make it relevant in today's, I guess, attention span or social media. or, or how, What are you doing with this? Yeah, that's right. The, the telethon is, is undergoing, has been undergoing um, a, lot of, a lot of changes. The broadcast for 2012, which took place on Sunday, September 2nd, was called for the first time the MDA Show of Strength. And um, it was a three-hour superstar, superstar show um, with, with a high-energy, high-octane impact effect. And um, I, I think it was very successful. It was a great show to watch. We had a lot of younger celebrities, hopefully some people that will reach my generation and the, and the youth that I work with. And we're continuing to develop that um, in a good way. One way in which we have really facelifted the telethon and we focus on this all throughout the year now, is through the use of social media. So we've had, we, we plug the MDA Facebook, um, which is facebook.com slash MDA national. Okay. Um, and we also do the same with Twitter, and that, that handle is at MDA news. And we, we, with the show, we had uh, special tweets from our celebrities about our celebrities. Because the show was shorter than usual, we had all of our celebrities record two numbers, and one of them uh, appeared on the broadcast on television. The other one was an exclusive online-only, kind of a backstage extras type thing that you could only access 
if you were following us and keeping up with our social media stuff throughout the show. And that was very, very popular. So that's the kind of thing that we're doing to, to evolve and, and involve the new tools, which, which really make an impact. And that's, I tell people that all the time. I have people, um, and I understand this, you know, it's a lot of times people have difficulty asking other people for money. It's a, it's a tight economy where we're strapped and, and we all understand that. But there's also a huge impact you can make in just raising awareness, just talking about the issues and just saying, um, I want to do something. Maybe I don't have a hundred bucks to give. Um, or, or even a dollar to give. And I always say every dollar matters. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter how small the amount, it makes a difference. But even if you can't do that, um, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, retweet our stuff. We put out all kinds of stuff about our research, and that makes an impact just by raising awareness to all of our, our listeners out there. You know, that's a fantastic point. If you can't give money, just keep the conversations going, the awareness going. The Twitter is at MDA News. Follow them, retweet them, and then the Facebook is slash MDA National. Follow them or like them and, and share all their stuff on, on that page as well. Now, let's say we do have some money and want to give it to you. What's the best uh, digital avenue to give money to the organization, MDA? Well, you can, you can do a simple, secure online donation at www.mda.org, um, and that's anybody, anywhere can do that. That's an easy way to do it. If you want to get involved a little more locally, I would encourage you to do so. Also, go on mda.org, and uh, right there on our homepage, there's an option to type in your zip code, and that'll give you information for your nearest local MDA office. Great idea. Um, and it'll have address, phone number, and a general contact email, and you can get set up with them. They'll provide you with human resources, staff members who are happy to talk with you, uh, help you set up an event. And then, of course, if you want, uh, if you want to do a donation that way, they can, they can take a check in the mail or um, come out and see you and arrange something. So there's, there's two easy ways to do it. Um, and, and a lot of the money through just the general national page will get distributed locally. Um, so that's a super easy way to do it. But, like I said, if you want to get to know some of the people behind the name of this organization, I would definitely encourage you to go local. Zip code MDA.org. Got it. He's Luke Christie, uh, National Youth Chairperson for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Before I let you go, how can our listeners um, follow what you're doing? What is your Twitter and your Facebook? I, I am on Twitter, and I, I tweet actually a lot about my work with MDA. Um, in fact, you know when I'm not traveling because my, my feed kind of gets a little quiet for a while. So usually when I'm on the road, I'm, I'm on it all the time, and I, I keep everybody updated. So my handle is at Luke, D as in dog, Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E. Um, so it's at Luke D. Christy, um, no capital letters or anything. Make it easy for folks. You dog. What's the D for? That's right. Uh, my middle name is Darby. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. it was dog. No, so it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Luke D. Christie. And then Facebook is uh, LD, again, D as in dog, Christie82. So you can, can find me on, on Facebook and Twitter. Um, All right. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, it's just been a pleasure to have you on the show. Best of luck with everything you do. We can't wait to watch you on national television on, uh, on every year's uh, MDA telethon over Labor Day weekend. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Best of luck to you. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks to all of your listeners and to everybody out there. We hope that you'll consider MDA when thinking of service opportunities. As I always tell people, 
use your strength to help those who don't have it. Make a muscle, make a difference for MDA. Thanks so much. You can catch up with the Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. Thanks again for hanging out with the Adam Ritz Show. Our next guest is Trent Mossbrucker. He's an old friend of the show, and we welcome you back. Hi, Trent. How are you? I'm good. Trent uh, was a place kicker at the University of Iowa. I first met you about four years ago when you were uh, a scholarship athlete at the University of Iowa, and you were actually one of my first interviews as we were putting together this uh, social awareness radio show, so I'm so happy and proud to have you back on the show. Are you excited? Uh, absolutely. It was, uh, it was a pleasure <laughs> meeting you then. It's a pleasure catching up with you. Well, if you want to see what we looked like four years ago, uh, there's still a YouTube video of that interview on YouTube. Just search Adam Ritz and Trent Mossbrucker, and you'll see what we looked like four years ago. So let's fast forward four years now. You're a graduate of the Iowa Hawkeyes. What are you doing now? I am currently uh, working at St. Lawrence University in upstate New York, uh, coaching football and uh, pursuing my master's in educational leadership. Oh, how's uh, coaching uh, college kids since you were a college kid 12 and a half months ago? Uh, they're, they're kind of a pain. I can see why our coaches yell a lot now, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's good. It's an eye-opening experience. It's uh, fun to try and get kids to do what you want them to do. <laughs> well, as a coach, uh, as an educator, and a teacher, you know, that's, uh, that's a big undertaking. It's a big responsibility to mold the youth of America. Is it, that the way you look at it? it I, yeah, I'm, I'm learning every day. Um, organization's a big part of it. And uh, just teaching kids, uh, you know, on the field, off the field, how to live right. Um, it's, a big, it's a big learning curve, but uh, learning every day and enjoying every second of it. Trent Mossbrucker's our guest, and uh, we talk about leadership and student leadership, and we're actually at a student leadership conference, and you are on a panel. Do you uh, know what's about to happen on this panel, or what are you going to talk about? Uh, they're going to ask questions. We have, we have about five base questions we're going to talk about, and then uh, I'm sure we'll get some wild questions out of the audience, but um, just basically about the transition from high school to uh, college athletics, Division One, Two, II, and Three, and uh, socially and athletically, and we'll see how it goes. Do you know what those questions are? Have you been preparing? I, I have been preparing. I, I got five of them, and I uh, kind of ran over them in the car on the way down to my head, and um, we'll see what comes out of my well, mouth. <laughs> which one are you most looking forward to, to proudly sticking out your chest and throwing your two cents in? Um, uh, off the top of my head, just the transition socially um, from academics, athletics, but also the social part of uh, being a college student and a college athlete, because that's a big part that people don't really understand and kind of keeping your nose clean there and doing the right things. Well, and I could argue, too, socially at the University of Iowa just this past year, they were voted the number one party school in America. Isn't that correct? Uh, I, I think we were up there. I don't know if that's a good thing, a bad thing, or if we take pride in that. But uh, <laughs> we, we, we have a good time. It's college, and uh, Iowa City is a great place. So, And then there's going to be a Q&A session. Uh, what are some of the questions people ask you uh, just on the street or your friends, your family members uh, that you hear that you – it just shakes your head. Like, is this question really coming out of your mouth? Um, if you get paid as a college athlete, and I just kind of shake my head. I, I wasn't that good. Maybe guys do, but I wasn't good enough to ever get paid. Um, but I just shake my head. It's just kind of one of those things that comes along with being a Division One athlete. And that's that's kind of the crazy one that I hear. So Kirk Ferentz uh, never passed you the duffel bag full of cash, huh? I don't think I was on Coach's good side for that one. So no, I never <laughs> saw any cash exchange hands with me and him. Well, Trent Mossbrucker, former Hawkeye. Well, I guess you'll always be a Hawkeye. So. Uh, Hawkeye and uh, current coach now at St. Lawrence uh, College or University? University. St. Lawrence University in uh, the state of New York. 
Uh, we thank you for coming on the show and really pointing out the awareness of um, student leadership and just being involved, community service, service leadership, community uh, involvement, community affair. It's just a great thing for not only student athletes, but all students to be involved with and be aware of. So thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Best of luck. Thank you very much. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. And we appreciate you hanging out with the Adam Ritz Show. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Ritz. I am in Dallas, Texas now on the campus of Southern Methodist University. We're with uh, campus administrator Kevin Sabir. Did I get that last name right, Kevin? It's Sabir. Ooh, I'm sorry. Kevin Sabir. It happens all the time. Don't worry. Just curious. What's the, uh, what's the uh, I guess, uh, nationality behind Kevin Sabir? There's a little French Creole in there. I'm originally from New Orleans. Okay. Do you speak French? I don't. <laughs> I don't either. We'll, we'll conduct this interview in English then, if there that's okay. We, there we go. All right. Kevin Sabir is uh, behind a big desk here on campus at SMU. You are, you're, what's your official title? I'm the coordinator for fraternity and sorority life. Fraternity and sorority, we do a lot of charity work on this radio show, and, and we're so appreciative of all the charity work that Greek life, fraternity, sororities do campus to campus. Uh, can you talk about some of the, I guess, charity work and service work that your uh, ladies and gentlemen have been involved with here at SMU? I'm going to highlight uh, a, a service project that our gentlemen do here, and they have been for the past I think 10 years. They have a long-standing relationship with the Special Olympics of North Texas, and they co-host um, the Special Olympics volleyball tournament here on SMU's campus every November. So there are something like 35 regions of uh, Special Olympics across North Texas, different teams um, for volleyball, uh, and they, all of those teams come together for like their final championship tournament here on SMU's campus, and IFC, um, the Interfraternity Council, they host that tournament and you know they get the kids the shirts and um, lunches they make a whole day out of it there's an award ceremony and so just seeing the how appreciative obviously the participants the athletes are of that it really warms the guys hearts um, and then the guys get a kick out of it too because you know they're they're reffing um, they're you know in the, in between games, they're taking part in a, like a mini volleyball games where we're doing serving contests and things like that. And it's always funny. I think uh, a little tidbit is always funny when you see um, you know the guys coming up and they might think that okay, well maybe uh, maybe I need to be a little tender around some of these athletes. But these athletes they're coming to they're coming to play. Yeah. They're coming to win. And so then they're always blown back by how how into it the athletes are during that tournament. And that's student run by your guys and girls. It's a, in a partnership with the uh, with the Special Olympics. Okay, and I guess how long is the tournament leading up to the the finals here at SMU when does that tournament start uh, I would say they probably for the most part um, probably from August leading up to the finals are always around November so each each uh, little subunit uh, handles their own schedule and we're not involved in that portion of it but once it's the big tournament that everyone comes to that's what we host and where is that hosted at the uh, where the basketball team plays like in the big gymnasium or no. the arena <laughs> no no not in that one but we get we get the one uh, we host in the recreational center here on campus because there's more courts. Okay. Um, so if we could have it in the big arena, we possibly would, but then it would probably take longer because we've got three, four games yeah. going on at a time. Is there a SMU, IFC, Panhel uh, Facebook page where we can see some pictures from this or anything? Uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. 
um, at S, a capital SMU underscore IFC. That's the Interfraternity Council. Um, you can look for SMU and uh, IFC and Panhellenic on Facebook, SMU Interfraternity Council, SMU Panhellenic Council, um, as well as our Multicultural Greek Council and our National Panhellenic Council. They also have Facebook page. So we're, we're out there on the social media. Our guest is Kevin Saber the director of uh, fraternity and sorority life here at SMU in Dallas, Texas. And when you think of uh, fraternities and sororities, uh, I was in a fraternity myself in college. Uh, you know, you've always heard the positive branding, like, you know, uh, 41 out of 42 U.S. presidents were fraternity men. And, you, you know, 99% of CEOs and companies were in a fraternity. There's a lot of bad publicity that goes along with, with Greek life and fraternities as well. Um, public perception versus reality. Uh, you know, sometimes a story of hazing outweighs a story of charity and community service. What do you do from behind your desk, I guess, to make sure these guys understand integrity, character, being a gentleman, getting involved, and, and just keeping that, I guess the fact that they're under a microscope, keeping that at the forefront of everything they do. One thing that I always um, tell the guys when I work with them is a big thing to focus on is intention versus perception. Is what is your intention when you're doing something? And what? how are you going to be perceived when you're doing that action also? And I think if you have the right intentions, then the right perception will come along. I think a lot of times when it is true we have some negative activities that take place, a lot of times the intentions maybe weren't in the best place. And so that's why the negative perception um, always comes into place. But if our guys, um, any fraternity man, any man in general, if he has the right intentions for the action that he's doing, the perception will come along with it. I think leadership is relational-based, and so that's what makes fraternity, in my opinion, the premier leadership experience on a college campus is because it's so based in relationships. You form these relationships almost instantly with these men, and it lasts your entire life. I know you can probably think of still some fraternity brothers that you might keep in contact with or still know. I know I have a few who I always you know, keep in contact with almost on a daily basis and things like that, and that's usually a relationship, and those relationships help us through our lives and in our actions. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.